Hello, this is Chuck Solomon, and welcome to the Candidate Experience Podcast, where we focus on the job candidate journey from apply to onboard and the space in between. Let's get started. care about the candidate experience, but have you ever wondered exactly how to bring your company to that next level and offer a world-class experience to your candidates? It's not easy. Fortunately, Candidate.FYI can help. Their solution guides candidates through your hiring journey, enhancing transparency and communication at every touchpoint. You'll also gain valuable insights on what's working and what's not with your hiring process. Best of all, it integrates directly with your ATS. Head on over to candidate.fyi and see how to transform your company's candidate experience today. Welcome to the Use the Science episode where entrepreneur, speaker, and author, Carlos Hidalgo is my special guest. Listen closely to the insights he shares on why setting work-life boundaries can help companies and hiring managers create both happy and productive workplaces. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please subscribe and do share with others. Want to comment, discuss, or provide feedback, you can send me a note via LinkedIn or via the contact form on our site, the cx.xyz. I thank you for listening, and here's my interview. Really was looking forward to talking to you because I think you talk about this work-life balance is, I think, really important these days. Um, And I think that's what more and more job seekers are, are looking for. But let me ask you, how would you how do you define work life balance? Yeah, great, great question. And thanks again for having me. It's always a, a privilege to be on. And I know you have a wide selection of guests you could choose from. So it's truly an honor to be with you. Um, the reality, the reality is, Chuck, I don't believe in work life balance. And uh, if you look at the research that's been done, and LinkedIn came out with a study not long ago that showed seventy percent of the American workforce is saying work life balance just doesn't exist for me. And I'm paraphrasing. So what sure. I what I ascribe to is what I call work-life boundaries, where we create cultures in our companies. And as individuals, we go to our management to say, look, I want to give the best of myself to my work, to my job, to my career. And at the same time, we say to our families and the closest of our relationships, I want to give the best of myself to this relationship, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, children, what have you. Sure. And so the way the way we do that is we establish boundaries and protections that guard the time we are going to do, we are going to use to focus either in the relationship or the work. So how that works is you as a manager would say, hey, our boundaries around work, and let's just for sake of discussion, say from eight to five thirty. We want you to protect that time so you are working. And sure. you can devote 100% of yourself. After 5.30, 
go be part and go set a boundary where you are putting in place, you're tending to your, your whole health, you're tending to your relationships, your hobbies, et cetera. I think when we try to balance, it doesn't take much to throw us off kilter and we're finding ourselves way off balance. And that's why I ascribe to boundaries versus balance. Gotcha. You know, um, when I learned about you, I, I watched your TED Talk, and I've mm-hmm. seen it twice, and I got choked up both times. And I knew it was coming the second <laughs> time. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm going to actually put it in the session, uh, the notes underneath this, um, when I finally post this um, podcast and stuff, the link to it and stuff, because I think... Anyone that's a, a, a parent or father, mother, what have you, I think, um, you know, I got choked up. And I knew it was coming, too, when you uh, got choked up in that, too. I think it was it was awesome. Yeah, I wrote it, and I knew it was coming, and I got choked <laughs> up. And uh, it, it definitely was um, – I had practiced it, and I had actually got – was able to get through the, uh, the speech in total – been practicing at home here with my wife without any uh, choked up moments. But in that moment, especially seeing the picture of my son, who's now 17, <laughs> yeah, it, it got me and I make no apology for it. It's, uh, it's still something that evokes emotion inside me, uh, that whole story and that whole incident. Yeah. So, um, uh, to the listeners who, who, uh, you're going to have to go ahead and watch the, uh, the TED talk. It's only like 12 or 14 minutes and stuff, but I think it's well worthwhile. Um, so I saw, I'm not sure if you saw this article, it came out last month in time magazine. Um, the title of it was, um, work-life balance is a myth. Do this instead. And it was written by Marcus Buckingham and, um, Ashley Goodall, I'm not sure if you've you've seen this article yet, but um, it 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 sort of um, it resonated with me, and I think mm-hmm. when I read that and got connected with you and your um, work life boundaries, I thought, wow, this is these are two good things. Did you have you read that article? I'll share it with you, and I'll share it with in the uh, notes in the session too. But I'm you know, not sure I- if you saw it. I saw reference to it. Um, yep. I have I have an RSS feed that sends me anytime work life balance or work life boundaries is is used. Um, so I, I get those on a daily basis. So I did see the headline, and it is in my queue of many things that I want to read because it's something that I continue to talk about and continue to write about. Yeah, the 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 one line that sort of resonated really well with me was, um, you know, maximizing what you love. This is what Mm -hmm. the author said, maximizing what you love. Um, and that it's not like, you know, you can't just love one thing or the other. (laughs) You can love both and you can, to your point with boundaries, you can, you know, do what you love from eight 30 to five and then love your family after that and before that and stuff. So, um, so that really resonated in me, uh, with me, maximizing what you love. So what, what can a company do to create a culture that, that promotes this um, work-life boundaries in their workplace? What, what can companies do? I think they have to give – first of all, I think it starts at the top. Mm-hmm. And I think they have to create an environment whereby 
they proclaim and also demonstrate through their actions that the work that is being done in that company is not the center of all things for everybody. Fundamentally, as human beings, we were not wired to work. We were wired for relationship. And so when we think about what is best for our employees, what we need to be thinking about is, look, when they are involved in meaningful connection with other people, which isn't done through work, we have meaningful connection and relationships in in our work through our our colleagues, but outside of work, I'm going to get the most out of my employee. So this idea that work becomes the center of all things and that whether it's spoken or implied, I'm kind of counting on two to three hours out of you after you get home and finish dinner and put the kids to bed, if I even give you that, that's really toxic. So let's create an environment whereby we tell our employees, hey, we know we know you want to do a good job. And I would say that that's probably about well over 90% of people that are hired to do a job really go in with the best of intention. So let's create an environment that allows you to do that. Like you just said, maximize what you love. So yep. if you're going to come in every day, what is, what is that time frame that it, we are going to get the best of you? And then as a company, I believe as employers, we owe it to our employees to give them the opportunity to go maximize uh, their relationships and to give them enough and leave them with enough so they can also give the best in themselves to those relationships, to their whole health, and again, to their hobbies and the things that really recharge them and re-energize them. And I will tell any executive who's listening that you will get more productivity, more creativity, and more efficiency out of your employees if you create that environment. How, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm with you. <laughs> so um, at, at the company I work for now, Thrive Vet Care, we talk about you know, work-life harmony um, mm-hmm. and try to create a workplace where people can bring their best work um, and but then go home. Um, a lot of our clinical staff work three and a half day work weeks. Um, right. They 35 hour weeks. In some, they have to work four days, but in most of them, they work, you know, they're long three and a half days, but the rest of the time, they're free to go explore what it is that they want to explore, do what they want to do with whomever they want to do it with and, and, um, and recharge and refresh and stuff. So, um, I'm, 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 I'm with you there. So, um, how about like any tips you might offer to like specifically like managers, people that are managing others, um, even if their company doesn't have, sort of this philosophy, but the manager believes in this philosophy that they're going to get the most out of their people. I mean, what is a, like an individual manager to do? How can they help uh, foster this in their, on their teams? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what they should start doing is sitting down with their teams and saying, what do you value as an individual? So sit down with that person who has been working for you for whether it's six months or two years and say, what are the things you value both within work and outside of work. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to be able to create a panacea and a nirvana state for you at work. There's a reason they call it work. (laughs) Uh, I run my own business and there are days when I'm like, oh, do I really have to do this? 
But as best as you can say, what is it that you value at a work? What fulfills you? And let's create a boundary within your work and within your title and within the role you've been hired for to give you as much access to that and to give you the experience of that as much as possible. And so, but at the same time, if we're going to create that boundary, what we need from you is a commitment that you're going to abide by that work boundary. So what does that mean? You're not sitting in a conference room on a, in a meeting with your cell phone checking out the latest Facebook post from your friends. You can do that after you're outside your work boundary. So there is a little bit of a give and take. But sure. I think when you, when you help an employee or someone who's working for you identify the things that they truly value, then coach them through and say, so what boundaries do you think you need to put in place to guard that time? What can we do then as an organization? What can I do as your manager to help you guard that time, both during working hours and during your personal hours? And it's not a one-time conversation. I think it's, it's an ongoing thing. I mean, I look at my own life. Um, I talk about the practice of boundaries because I'm definitely not batting a thousand because old, ha- old habits die hard. But I've brought people into my community, primarily my wife, to say, I want to live, we want to live in these boundaries. So let's make sure we're speaking that into each other's lives. And when we see myself primarily going outside that boundary, there's a permission to say, hey, what's that all about? And I think that's what managers and employers should be doing. Yeah. I like how you said, um, talk to your staff, um, get their input, make it be a discussion. I think mm-hmm. all too often leaders at companies, um, they don't bother asking and it doesn't have to, you know, necessarily be this long sort of drawn out thing. It could just be, what do you think of this? Yeah. Um, and just to get their input, um, I think even better, it's better to say, sort of try to find out what, not what someone might do hypothetically, but what has someone done in the past? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, beha- you know, past behavior is typically a good predictor of future behavior. So, but right. I would, I would love to see more companies sort of ask their folks, instead of making assumptions, um, ask more of their employees, what are they, what are they looking for? What would well, be helpful? And I agree with that. And I know in past organizations that I've been a part of, it's, hey, we want to, this person did a really good job. Let's give them a bonus. And I remember one circumstance, and I forget the cash value, but the person came back and was like, um, thanks, but I'd really just rather have extra days off. <laughs> so the assumption yeah. was, well, this person's motivated by money. And really what this person was motivated by freedom. They wanted more time away to go do the things that they love. So I think you're spot on in that we should be, especially when we're trying to define and create a culture of boundaries, which really is about respect. It's respecting your employees to do the work they need to do and the time they need to do it. And then also respecting their personal lives um, outside of work. We should not be writing the story for them. We should be going to them and saying, you tell us, how can we do this and how can we make it fit? Not saying it's going to happen all the time, but at least you're showing them the respect and treating them like a human. Absolutely. So do you think um, people should like, you know, block things on their calendar and then instead of saying, I'm busy, say, I'm going to my kid's 
you know, piano recital at four in the afternoon. And yeah, I know I'm supposed to be working at five thirty, but I'm going from four to five to this and I'll catch up. I mean, should should people put that on their calendars just to let people know and sort of delineate that boundary? Um, I'm not going to say it should always be that way and it shouldn't. I have some in my network where I can say, hey, I've got another commitment. I don't go into great detail. And it just depends on the level of relationship. I have one client where um, we had a late night call. It was a boundary that I moved after discussion with my family of, hey, this time. But I had set a hard stop at 8 p.m. because I had told my wife and my old, my youngest son um, that we were going to go out for ice cream at 8 o'clock. <laughs> now, yeah. on the conference call, there were a lot of people. I didn't say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm – you know, made this ice cream date, but late that next week I was with the client and I mentioned to her exactly what it was. And she started to, she chuckled. She was like, that's awesome. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know that you need to be, um, you know, I, I would say it really is going to depend on where you're at in the organization and how far along in that culture building you are to be able to do that. But I applaud people. I, I was on the phone yesterday with a colleague we had started the conversation. He said, Hey, can I put you on hold for a minute? My wife and my kid, my son's just walked in the door. I said, absolutely. But he and I have known each other for about four years and have shared a lot of, of stories together and, and, and work very closely together. In another setting, he may have just said, Hey, I need to attend to something. Give me a moment. I don't know that there's a right or wrong. I think you need to understand the culture and the dynamic of the relationship. Sure. Sure. Understood. So do you, um, do you have any examples of companies that, you know, you would hold out as examples that are, that are doing this well, doing this work-life boundary setting well, or at least trying to do it well? Yeah, you know, the one, and unfortunately, I cannot mention their name. I can say that they're a very large asset management firm okay. uh, in the financial arena. And um, I spent time talking with Claire Potter, uh, who is, uh, she's one of the profiles that I list in my book. And um, Claire was a great example of somebody who, as an employee, she had been traveling a lot in a sales role. And uh, she and her husband had their first child, and they knew with his travel and with her travel, that's not what they wanted for their family. Sure. So what she did is she created a whole new job. She saw a gap in where the in what was needed in the organization, and she created a new job role for herself. And she went to her organization and said, uh, "This is what I my new job needs to be, or I'm going to have to leave." And a credit to that organization, and again, multi billion dollars. They said, you know what? We're on board with that. We do need that. We don't. We can't think of anybody better to fulfill that role. And then the other one is um, Al Wolf talks to the chief marketing officer for Lookbook HQ, mm-hmm. and Al is very bold about what she's willing to do, what she's not willing to do. She's on the executive team, and the startup culture can be brutal. Sure. But she before she took that job, she made very clear her intention and what Lookbook was going to get from her and what it was. And, and credit to Al and credit to Look, the team at Lookbook, um, there seems to be great harmony there between the two, and she's doing a bang-up job. Great. Well, good for them and good for those companies that yes. um, so, sort of saw that as as being, um, you know, good good to bring someone or keep someone on board and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But also good for the those folks for sort of standing up for themselves and being their own 
I don't know, I call it self-advocacy, if you will. So, but um, along that same line, I mean, what what can individuals do, um, especially perhaps if they work at a company where there are no boundaries when it comes to work, like you, you're, uh, you're, you're working when you get up in the morning all the way till you fall asleep. I mean, what is, what is an individual to do outside of like, start looking for a new job? Um, what can they do to help sort of set those boundaries themselves? Yeah, I think um, there's some training that needs to be involved for a lot of executives who, because I've worked with some who will speak about the value of you know, what they call you time or uh, mm-hmm. making sure you refresh, but then they're the ones sending everybody emails at 10 o'clock at night. Um, so I think what people need to do is approach, and I just got this idea today from a colleague uh, that I was talking to earlier on, on another podcast, but really talk about the productivity of an individual. And sure. say, look, you know, and, and, and studies have been have shown that anywhere more than 50 hours a week, you're actually working dumber, you're not working uh, smarter, and it's going to take you more time and you're less productive. So use the science that's been that's out there and the research that is out there that actually speaks to that. Number one. Number two, um, talk to your employer and and you may love the organization. And I've I've encountered people who say, I love where I work. I just hate the the pressures of it, and I hate where the schedule that it's keeping me on. So have that honest conversation with your manager and say, I have no intention of leaving, but I need some space. I need some breath. My workload is overwhelming, and I cannot, I can no longer sustain this 12 to 14 hour workday. It's not sustainable. It is impacting my health, it is impacting my relationships, and it's impacting my psyche. And if those three things haven't happened for you, it will eventually. And so, and I, I speak from ex- sure. personal experience on that. Um, and then, then the other one is saying, look, if you want all this done, I need you to prioritize for me as my manager what is most important? Because I can't do all of this in the time that's been allotted. And so if you say A, B, and C are most important, then understand that D, E, and F are going to be put on the back burner because I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself first. And no organization is worth sacrificing our own health, sacrificing our own emotional and mental stability in our relationships just so we can move up another rung in the ladder or get an accolade at a all-hands company meeting. I couldn't agree more with you. Good stuff here, Carlos. I appreciate you taking the time today. If um, folks wanted to get a hold of you after this, how would they, um, how would they get, get a hold of you? Sure. They can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, just Carlos Hidalgo. That's H-I-D-A-L-G-O. They can visit our website at theunamericandream.com, and that'll give you my story all about the book. Uh, They can hit me on Twitter, which is C-A Hidalgo, and I do use Twitter as a very conversational uh, means, or just shoot me an email at carlos at theunamericandream.com. Carlos, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Chuck. Really appreciate it. Great talking with you. Thanks for listening to the Candidate Experience Podcast. You can reach out to us via our website, thecx.xyz. That's T-H-E-C-X dot X-Y-Z.